Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Robin S. And you're listening to Javon and Therese in the basement. So what I need you to do is, I hope you're showing them love. Oh. Yes. Thank you. That wasn't like the first one I did. I did something like, hi, this is Robin S. And you're listening to Javon and Therese in the basement. Show them love. This is Terrell Carter, and you are listening to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. Hey, this is Avery Sunshine, and I am in the basement with Javon and Therese. Shine. What's up? It's your girl, Monifa, and you're tuned in to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. <laughs> hey, it's your girl, Allison Williams, and you're in the basement with Javon and Therese. Hey, this is Lenny Williams, and you're listening to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese playing my kind of music. Still in the basement, no longer alone With my homegirl Therese on the microphone Music politics are just chatting it up Brunch in the basement, see that's what's up You never know who might run through Legendary artist or someone brand new You miss a lot when you miss one day At least that's what I heard Somebody say, but it doesn't really matter what whoever says. It's always a good show with Javon and Therese. Yeah. Brunch in the basement with Javon and Therese. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, everybody's a friend in my head. I already know everybody. (laughs) One day I'll tell you about me and Shaka Khan, but, you know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. But she doesn't know anything about it. But anyway, no, she doesn't. She just she wasn't even there actually. But anyway, but she did um, mention none other than Shaka Khan as one of her. Why did I say? Wait a minute. Why did I say Shaka? She did mention none other than Shaka Khan. I'm like, where does your voice go? What happened? What's happening? Even the mere mention of her name. <laughs> Silence. Oh, gosh. Would you believe I'm blushing? Just... Yes. Hard. <laughs> Your speech was blushing. That's the thing. Speech was blushing. Brezzy, I can't help it. It's a shocker. This is a shocker rehab, you know. If there's a cure for this, I don't want it. I don't want it. Uh, princess, though, Jay. I'm going to send y'all some perfume. I'll, I'll definitely I'll get an address. I'll send y'all out tomorrow. You can send me some cologne. Because, I mean, oh, you know. Cologne. Yeah. 
I will just do in that. case I should meet Dr. Khan, I want to smell really, you know, oh, nice. Oh, God. <laughs> Okie dokie, man. Whatever you say. I just wanted to wish everybody um, a happy Shaka Kanaka. All right, thank you. Let's let's carry on. I'm sorry. Javon, yeah, there's a pill you're going to be able to take. I promise I have to tell them which way you went. It's coming for you. What's well, up? So and we thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, thank well, you. thank you. This part, that little piece, I'm just going to keep and play it all the time for myself. <laughs> but no, just do this. And I think it's it's time, Therese, to do a little rapid fire with um, Mr. Richard Pryor, I think so. I think so. So, don't worry, we won't hurt you. <laughs> and what a blessing it is. I can't believe I just came on and just coughed all over the microphone. Thank goodness I'm the only one that uses it. I hope everybody's feeling good tonight. I hope everybody is at peace. There's been so much going on. I hope everyone is at peace in their spirit, in their soul, in their, I don't know, in their everything. And, um, you know, I know, right, Misty? How you doing, baby? I hope you're good. And, um, Here's Resi Pooh. What's up, girl? How you doing? What's happening? Happy hump day, babes. Hump day for sure. Hump day for sure. So what's going on? You got your white on today. That's good. Uh, well, anything to bring some light, you know what I mean, uh, in, as opposed to, you know, my favorite and most important color, black, which is what I love. How's everybody? Uh, so far, the only check-in is Misty. I'm hoping everybody else is good. Um, as we know, people will trickle in. This is going to be a great show um, when Dr. Wendy Williams comes on. Even before that, it's great right now, but I'm just saying that I, I've been looking forward um, to the conversation Lights on, lights on. I know I need to, I didn't turn my lights on for some reason. For some reason, it's flickering. I don't understand why. Yeah, but the good light looks good. I'm going to see if I can, I can get my unwilling assistant to um, come down and turn some lights on for me because I feel like I'm sitting <laughs> in the dark. Maybe my unwilling assistant. <laughs> How was your day today? It was, you know, it was it was work. Um, it started out all right, then it got a little weird. Um, honestly, I'm I'm in my my feels today. Um, 
<laughs> Let's see how this works. This could end up being a comedy. <laughs> well, no, I get it. The idea is to, um, well, what I've been reminded, let's just say. And, you know, I just want to first want to say shout out to them, prayer warriors because, boy, oh, boy, nothing like a big dose of conversation and just the capacity to be coachable enough and teachable enough to lead. I don't take that for granted because, you know, oftentimes, you know, folks, particularly folks that are leaders or folks that are caretakers, they forget <laughs> They get into spaces where they don't do what they preach. And um, I told myself I never wanted to be that chick, you know, um, because I think life is full of learning opportunities. And I think I enjoy learning now more than I did when I was actually in school. <laughs> Hilarious to me, but um, nonetheless true. So when people give me... People that I love and respect give me sound ideas to try, and I have not tried them, you know, um, or haven't done them before, considered it. You know, I, I, you know, I use it as a, hey, that's something I haven't done. The same way I would say, hey, there's a restaurant I haven't tried. Or, you know, so, hey, there's some self-care here that, you know, was presented. I'm, I'm going to try, you know, even if it's foreign to me, you know. So, um, got some good stuff, and practiced a lot, some of the stuff for the last couple of days and just kind of been breathing and it's been helping, you know. Yeah, breathing is good, so I'm told. Man. Yeah. Breathing is almost the most instant thing you can do to bring yourself in, you know. Bring that calm. Yeah. Bring that calm. Bring you back. Yeah, it used to make me dizzy. Yeah, breathing? Well, deep breathing. Oh, yeah. Not just, you know, yeah, deep, deep breaths and, you know, like controlled breathing and breaths. It used to make me dizzy. Now I can relax even further to have it help and work for me. You know, I just have to hold my breath longer. Mm-hmm. But it helps. Yeah. yeah. Mm. What's this say? I'd interviews with celebrities, upcoming artists, politicians, or even your next door neighbor, grown folks only. Okay, got it. You <laughs> <laughs> six feet? What does that mean? Because I coughed uh, when I when I first came on. I kind of coughed all <laughs> over my mic. <laughs> That's, that mic is some serious business. Well, they have the the windscreens and things like that to uh, popping screens. Yeah, yeah, and covers and you know whatever. Uh, you have to see Mo before she, you know, like she has her own microphones, but depending on the setups, you know, because some of the you know want to set up a great mic on something that's kind of weird. So she generally uses the setups that they have, but she's like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that you know, just, what you just did reminded me of when I worked at the Pink Pussycat for three days. The Pink shout out to the legendary Pink Pussycat. 
one time, just a moment of silence for the pink pussycat. And you worked there for how many days? Three days. And um, two questions come to mind. (laughs) Well, three. How old were you? You, Did you just say, what made you go in there for uh, uh, employment? And then why three days? Why did you leave in three days? Oh, a question for each day. Um, <laughs> let's see. I was I must have been about eighteen or nineteen. Okay. I was yeah. I was attending NYU. Okay. And I needed some money. <laughs> I needed to work. You know, I, and I wanted something close to the school. Okay. Which, that was right there, and um, okay. Uh, uh, I too attended New York University, and uh, there were a million other little spots, particularly back then. You had all of A Street that was popping back then, and you had to do a little a little stoop to get to to West Fourth, uh, where the pink pussy. Well, yeah, where the pink pussy cat was. So you pass a lot of vendors to get over there. I it say this really is really kind of close. It was close to me. It was close. It, I mean, really, I spent a lot of time hanging out in the park, and it was right there. I don't know. In my mind's eye, the way I remember it, it seems like it was close. At least I never, in my mind, complained about the distance. And I, you know, would just. I mean, I was eighteen, so. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, you're right. When you're 18, everything is close, right? Yeah, but you got all this stuff in between that. I'm wondering so, why. So, it's a very unique. Uh, I'm a field. Scorpio. What do you think? <laughs> I'm just saying that's that caught my eye. That was, I mean, there was nothing else down there I wanted to do. So, we work in the sex, legendary sex shop. <laughs> legendary, it was. So why only three days? Mm-hmm. Because although I was really good at sales, on the third day, my boss, supervisor, or whatever the hell I had back then, which I can't even remember what the person looked like or whatever. I'm sure it was not a person of color. I'm probably, I, I, I bet. I can't remember, to be honest, but that person, whoever that person was, and I don't even remember if it was a male or female, all I remember was the actual job that they asked me to do, which was to clean the display that was in the window or near the window. Now, if you recall, the shop, you had to go downstairs to go into the shop. And oh, I heard, I heard. Right, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. And then there, and there was a window <laughs> down there, and you could see, you could see from above mm-hmm. ground, you could see into it. And there right. were certain things on display. And I was like, okay, I didn't mind cleaning them. They're sitting in the window getting dingy and dirty. It makes sense, clean them. Um, I was like, what do you want me to clean it with? Exactly. 
I was like, no, I'm not standing in the window doing that. No, I'm not. You give me something. I was supposed to clean it with my hand. I walked the fuck out. I was like, no, we're not doing that. That's not happening. Wait a minute. They wanted you to clean it with your hand? Right. Just wipe it off with your hand? And some cream or something, soap or whatever, but with my hands. No, I wasn't doing that. I was not going to. I was not going to clean that in the window. With a, oh, they wanted you to stand in the window and clean where the, it. Where the stuff was and stand there and clean them. No, I'm not on display. I'm not doing that. You, you know what I'm saying? Why? Isn't that nasty? It is nasty. That's not nasty it, it is nasty. However, it, it, was not the kind, it was not the kind of nasty I was interested in being. Mm. At the, now, I didn't yeah. mind being nasty. I never mind that. But I determine what kind of nasty I'm going to be. I'll be a freak, but I'm the only one that's going to say what kind of freak I'm going to be. She said, I've got so many things. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but no, she I'm, said, you don't have the required amount of piercings that took me out. <laughs> No, this is the one that got me. I, I got too many hang-ups. Shit. Nah, man. I'm not jerking off dildos in the in the store window for whatever little bit of money they were paying me. Okay. See, now if your brain percent jerking off as opposed to let me stand here and clean them in the window and smile at people that may <laughs> want to be interested enough to come in so I can make a commission in sales because I'm in there anyway, right? So if I'm in there, if I'm going to go seek employment in there, then okay. But look, I was, I was making I was, I was making good enough money uh, because I got a commission. So I was selling the hell out of these things, things that I didn't really know how they work, but pretend I was like, okay, you don't know what to do with this. Oh, At least he had been giving people pounds with them when they came in the door. Hey, what's happening? What's going on? Check out our inventory. I would have I would have spanked people. I would have done a whole bunch of stuff. I don't care. I would have spanked them back then. Yeah. Yeah. But cleaning, cleaning the inventory. Nah, well, nah. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> no, no. It, it was. It was just the way. It is it, it just the way it was. It 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 was just the way it was um, put on me to do. I think. I don't. I don't mind doing certain things, um, and I don't care, you know, regardless of where I work, there may be things that I don't want to do, but if you ask me to, if you ask me to do something, more than likely I'll do it, whether I feel like doing it or not, but if you tell me to do something, you're not going to tell me to do something in a way that makes me feel like you're telling me to do something. It's, it's, there's just, there's just a, it, let's just put it like this. The R-E-S-P-E-C-T. There you go. So they said it to you, they they told you in a messed up way. In a way that made me feel like you think I'm some, somebody that is not um, able to do something else. You understand what I'm saying? Like I had to stand in and do that or else. 
Well, what? You know, like, just don't know. Sounds like we're missing some stuff. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, the more I I think about it because I feel pressed to, to remember it, but it's one of those things that, um, because I'm like this, I really, and I promise you I'm like this, that if I get a negative vibe, if I am through with you, I am so through with you, I can't remember you. And it can happen in a matter of a day. Like who? If I'm not constantly rem- reminded, I swear. I, like I said, I don't remember if the person was male or female. I don't remember if it was a white or black person. I'm assuming it was white because of the way I felt about it and the way I, fi- the way I feel about it now. I don't remember the words. All I remember was how I felt in the moment. And how I felt in the moment was, like, you must be out of your mother effing mind. Who do you think you're talking to? You can screw yourself with these. Okay, how about that? How about that? How about try shoving them up your ass? How about that? Bye. That, I mean, that that's that's the, the – but I can't – that person could come knock on my door today and say, hey, you left this. And I'd be like, left it where? Who are you? I don't remember. I swear. I would not remember. I don't they were dead to me in that moment. Like, yeah. And that's that's how I am. So mm-hmm. to be pushed to remember what exactly was said and what led up to I couldn't tell you. All I know is that oh hell no is is the memory. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Got it. That was very therapeutic in your response. No, no, you, you know what it is? I think that, um, I, you know, you help me a great deal because you require me to listen because particularly about like, um, uh, like I know that, and, and I forget the name that Mo calls it all the time, but there are parts of things that just, they're part of, they're part of dealing with people that just doesn't bother me. Mm. Like it just, it does not like somebody can yell some stuff or to me now, operative word to me. Um, Meaning people can stand there, throw a fit. And I am not going to, in most cases, let that transfer. Now there are, I, I, I can tell you what does, make me go from zero to 60, but I don't want to put that out there either because I don't want that, right. you know. Right, you don't want to um, put your buttons out there. But, right, but, you know, but it, it, it's essentially our job to manage our button, you know, but, like, people can tell them, I think that that turns me to more of an asshole because when someone is in that mode, if they, first I got to be clear that that's what they're trying to do, you know, and not just, you know, caught up in a managerial thing, which you got to tell people what to do. That's what managers do, you know. Or guide them along. They're all kinds of, you know, different facets of management. But if somebody's trying to be a deliberate asshole, and Lord, God forbid, they're trying to come at me being that, oh, that's funny to me. Because part of their success in, in being able to transfer that energy is it landing somewhere. Where is my lamp? Um, part of it is it being able to land to transfer. <laughs> And I think my laughter or whatever it is, whatever the asshole moment predicts, because I never know what it's going to provoke. Sometimes it's just I just bust out laughing because the alternative to doing that, you don't want to see it. I promise you. 
you know, so let me go ahead and laugh and, and assume you're having a bad day. And yeah, that's what it is, a bad day, so that I don't pick up none of your alleged smoke, because it can't really, you know, and, you got all the yeah. power with employers, because, you know, just like they say, like, a lot of uh, employment in New York, well, New York is an at-will state, right? Mm. And, uh, and you know, and it is basically, I think, most to most degrees, every Every job is controlled through a fear factor, a fear and balance, you know, because, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you stay in places sometimes out of fear and balance, you know, um, and if I leave here, I got to do this and, you know, and you, you, and you do, you do your leveling of responsibilities versus the walkout, you know? Yes. Um, it's, it's amazing and, when you, when you lose some of that fear, you know, even, even if just some of it, you know, right. it, it's it's amazing the um the weight that's lifted, the the stress that's removed. Like um, you know, I I would love to give an example, but I can't really give give a, a clear example because um this show is so popular, but. <laughs> But um, what I will say is that when you don't fear, like if you're not, if you're not, if you're not goal oriented, other than you know just getting your job done, and you know you're good at getting your job done, and that's it. If there's nothing else that you aspire to do except get your job done. Like as opposed to the young person who's aspiring to reach the top of the ladder, you know that young person trying to show what they can do. Look at me, I've done a good job, boss. That person will be stressed the hell out. The person who knows what they offer, who knows that they know their job, and continues, I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing my job. Once you get to that, I'm just doing my job, and I don't want your extras. I just want to do my job. That that transition from then to well, it, it's 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 a stress reliever. Right now, um, they they are giving stats as we speak. In fact, I should have pulled one about the the gen the Gen Z, right? that are um, basically controlling the market right now, the workplace market, because um, they are doing a lot of surveys now because, you know, the the idea is to get everybody back to work, right? And forget if the places are set up to do that comfortably. You you drill us into this, this fear thing with the virus and you know things being restricted and closing closed and you can't do this but the only thing that's not restricted and closed is 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 your place of employment right so and that may and that's whether you're vaccinated or not you can still come to work however you know there's some places that are starting to say with no vaccine you can't come here trying to do mandates on that as well right so you can still come in to work and the 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 gen z's are saying first of all no. <laughs> Second of all, I'm going to change the job. Like they said, 72% of the Gen Z surveyed from that particular study that I was reading. Um, 72. 
so that they are going to be returning to their jobs. And it started and, and, and retaining retention, you know, of, of staff is an issue right now. Because, you know, like, like, again, until you stop the wheel, you don't know what is good it is. And why, I can tell you this, though, when you're trapped in it, it's just this. And every day, and every day, you know, it's funny, you know, having a lot of artist friends, you know, that do various things, you know, but it ain't nine to five stuff, right? A lot of them. You know, some of them do both, some of them not. But I'm just talking specifically about the ones that don't have the nine to fives deliberately, made the choice not to. We look like we look like maniacs. You know, we look like maniacs. We do. You know, and I was often called one. It's like, oh, she's up. With, uh, that was their response to, well, can you check to see if she's going to even be around? You know, hey. So you know, and then. So now they're they're being employers are being forced to look at what's on their books. Do they have things like uh, incentive? What incentives or what can you do to incentivize your people from even walking in the door? Now you need to honor your workforce in a way that you didn't. If you are still dealing with that old modality of the workforce, something ain't right. Something's not right there. Yeah. And you know, and people have to make choices. You know, and albeit sometimes hard, but they gotta make choices. Yeah, you have to your own person. Because at the end of the day, guess what? You're not around here to do it. Then what? I guarantee you, those doors open the following day. Before yep. your services to, to commit you to the ground, <laughs> there'll be somebody else in your spot. Oh, you know that's right. I've seen it happen. Man, listen. Especially I, over I, the I, past two years. Yeah, what people go out and things like maternity leave and things that were supposed to assure you to have the position when you get back. And I've listened to people try to hire folks to take the position, not temporary either, you know. So it's like there's no love, there's no love and loyalty to anybody but yourself on the job unless right. it is your business. But, but people, people don't understand that while they're in the throes of it, I don't think, you know. Um, and, and, and then, you know, as you mature, you learn these things and you, I mean, you can see it happening as a young person, at least let me, let me just speak for myself. I saw things happening and I could speak, I could talk the talk, Mm -hmm. but it's now that I have a better understanding, you know, it's now that I have a better understanding of, um, why I go to work and who I go to work for. It's not for them. It's for me. It's for me that I do it. It's for my future self. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's for me. And if you have a future self, B, that's what I'm talking about. Well, right if here. I can't last the next five years, I wasn't going to last long anyway. So, you know, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. But I'm not going to... I'm not going to quit working now and ask you for money. I mean, like somebody, no, no, no. somebody got to, somebody got to make the donuts, right? Yeah, no, that's, 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 um, you that's know what I'm saying though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, it didn't mean quit the job. It meant, I mean, it didn't mean quit working. It meant quit this job. This, <laughs> There are, there are gigs that ain't for you. There aren't gigs. There's a. I, I feel you. I feel you 100% on that. My my only thing with that, 
because I think about that. And I don't want to start anywhere else. I, like I said, when I'm done, I am so done. Once once I'm done here, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not working for another person. No, no. It's not happening. Not like that. Not like this. Let's put it like that. Once I'm done, I want to make sure that I am done. So I am planning and working and preparing so that when I'm done, I am done. And then I can um, hook up with friends and see what you doing. Where you at? Oh, you got plans? I'm down with that. Let's sip some wine, even though I don't sip wine. But you know what I'm saying. And um, I can I can get back to doing some of the things that, that I love to do, you know? I can spend time um, really doing the things that I love to do and commit to it 100% and be all in. And that's it. And in the interim, what do you use to sustain? Well, we got some, you know, nice guests that come through. Um, this absolutely is, is really nice. Um, lo and behold, last night, um, a song hit me that rarely happens. And so I sat down and started listening again to my inner self, heard some music and started trying to put together a track. And um, you know, those are the things that those are the things that carry me that have carried me through thus far. Um, because as you know, my job sometimes you you know the work that I do, you see things that some people it would take you out. It would just take you out. Um, and after years and years, you know, right. you have to find you have to find ways to self soothe, to do things to you know, take care of yourself. And I have numerous ways of doing that. Um, and actually, you know. <sighs> well, as long as it's all working for you, then I have yeah. zero discussion. You no, know, I'll be all right. Listen. I got you, babe. I got you, babe. Yeah, me and my mouth. That's all I got. <laughs> I give you a good you, babe. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I got I got enough to to keep me, you know, distracted and stuff. Um, so and, I just want my friend at the end of the five year run or four year run or whatever the amount of time he got left on the game. I've seen it too many times, particularly, you know, folks uh, our age. And um, I just want you to be healthy, for you to be, um, you know vibrant, you know, um, because, again, you'll only be in your 60s, you know. Early 60s. Yeah, because you've been like a long lifer, you know, and when you, one of the things is starting the the work life early is you can retire earlier. Exactly. You can can choose to stay on and go out with that, but then it's a money game, and you got to, and there it is again, work by balance, you know, because at the end of the day, it's like if you're not happy doing what you're doing, it is, it is, you know. And I had once upon a time you know, did, did similar work. Crisis work of any kind is, is um, yep. 
you know, they're they're about to um, give me a couple of things, um, assignments that I actually enjoy, or at least one assignment that um, I always break down to multiple assignments that I enjoy. So, and it because it 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 gives me an opportunity to create and you know teach and stuff like that. So, um, that's something that I love. Talking about uh, self-care. Again, hey, Sandra. She ain't trying to get in our business. Look, I'm putting it all out there. It's all out there, LaVon. What you want to know? Talking about, you know, choices and how how Gen Z is basically running the workforce right now. They ain't having none of this old, uh, old school modality. They want a healthy work-life balance. They want incentives. They want things that, you know, some places found that, you know, just having a job, you know, like, remember, oh, you know, what you, well, listen, you should be lucky to have a job. No, 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 you should be lucky to have me here, either wasting my time or, or making your corporation better, whatever it is, whatever it is. You know, yeah. some of us, some of us were raised in that be grateful to have a job they, uh, uh, scenario, yeah. and in that come all those traits and things of, you know, stuff and god forbid your parents told you you know just go to school to get a good government job that was that was the thing yep get your your good city job yes and what they didn't tell us is self-care they didn't tell us how to do a lot of things money management self-care just a few things that you know we'll get into these exactly situations and we're not happy and we feel like we got to stick there because you know we got all these these bills up here, so so it kind of leaves you at your um, employer's mercy in a sense because they also know she's been here a long time. She's not going to flip the table until you flip the table. <laughs> That's right. And and actually, I've done so many different jobs. I mean, oh yes, and Javon working at the Pink Pussy Cat in her youth. Yes, we did speak about that. I've done a lot of different jobs, a lot, <laughs> a lot, and and I have worked since I was 13, and they got me for five more years. It may be four, four, four with a possible five. I'm going to play spades with it, okay? <laughs> I got four and a possible. All right. And, and I mean... We'll see how I feel in four. If I feel like taking that, you know, that last, I'll do it. And if not, I'll be all right. So that's how the, that that's the way that's 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 what that that's what I'm planning for. That's what I'm working on. And um, yeah, self care is um something paramount. That, yeah, something that I've been thinking a lot about and, you know, working on, trying to get better. You know, it, what's really funny is that I do not fry any food anymore. It's not that I won't okay. take a piece of chicken off your plate if you have it, but I'm intentionally not frying. I can't even remember the last time I fried some chicken or fried anything. Okay. So, you know, it's just um, subtle, small changes not like there's anything except um sodas intentionally do not drink anymore um 
although if I'm if I'm not feeling well, I will have warm ginger ale because it it's a psychological thing. It just makes me feel better because my mom used to give it to me when I was a kid and my stomach was upset. So when if I if I'm not feeling well, I go to the warm ginger ale only because of mom, right? And it psychologically does something, but um other than that it's tea. You know. Um so yeah. So Doctor Wendy Williams. Did I forward you her bio? Uh yes you did. Okay, good. She's she's a pleasure. She's a pleasure. Are we there yet? Ah. She should be coming up in another twenty minutes or so. Um she's a she's a, a joy, um, quite frankly. And she's she's smart and um she's you know, got something to say. Um, speaking of self care, gonna pose a question to the fam that I routinely ask my patients why we gotta be like patients and clients. Like, what's up with that, LeVon? But she always trying to get me on the couch, like to confess my dark, wicked, crazy mind. What have you done this week that was only for you? You know what? The phone lines are open. Three four seven nine nine six five three nine four. The phone lines are open. Well, I'll answer it. Um, one day in particular. I came into my room, my quiet space, and I shut off all all of the electronics. Actually, I just hit the button on the foot plug that controlled them all. And I sat there, and normally I can't do any more than 15 minutes or half an hour of meditation and breathing. I did a whole hour and a half, so much so that I found myself asleep (laughs) and just Instead of getting up to go do what and busying my mind right away, I just grabbed a pillow, laid down, and spent about a good four hours uninterrupted. No dogs, no wives, no phones, no nothing, just nothing. And can I tell you, it felt like I gotten, it felt like I rested for like two days for what I was feeling and carrying, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what I did just for me. I watched The Nutty Professor by myself, just for me. Moving, moving those um, ends, you know. Although, I just purchased, also, just for me, um, a 10-movie set, Jerry Lewis DVD, and... Um, I'm going to one day just sit and binge watch some Jerry Lewis stuff. Uh, that, that I'm putting like, that's, that's like um, on reserve for a day where I need to just escape back to my childhood or something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was going to ask you, was Jerry Lewis uh, nostalgic for your Yeah, absolutely. Childhood? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's uh let's do a black history moment. We really could have peeled an onion today because uh we, we got into it a little bit. Javon, no one buys DVDs anymore. <laughs> I binge watched Chicago Fire Monday and Tuesday. Is that good? 
haven't heard that. I haven't heard about that one. I think Cheryl watches that. I don't know. I'll be down here watching my watching my DVDs and buying new ones. Okay. <laughs> I'll be buying Blu-rays. How many Just For Me instances do we have per week? And if it is at least 15 minutes daily, we have some goals of that. You know, my mother used to say that too, you know, um, because uh, at one point when I was working, I used to like to give my money away. <laughs> so she said, well, what did you get you? She said, I don't care if it's nothing but a pair of socks. Pick up something for yourself. And, you know, so I've, I've tried to equate things like um, I'm going to make my way to the beach. I don't know what day yet, but I'm going to make my way to the beach again. That was amazing for me. You know, mm. amazing. The best advice I had in a long time. Because I've been wanting to go to the beach, but when I go, and what makes me feel good is to bring the crew out. We all out there giggling all day and eating and, you know, just being little uh, little munchkins. But um, going by yourself brings a different kind of solitude. And you can just breathe and listen, and depending on what beach you go to, watch. And, you know, just be out. And I like people watching anyway. I think people are... are uh, Interesting. I agree yeah. with you there. I like to watch people too, especially yeah. fine people. I don't have any conditions; just people. I, I'm just yeah. saying. But but you know what? Unfine people are interesting too. But I prefer to watch the fine ones. That's all I'm saying. I I, I enjoy watching all the fine ones. See, we used to call watching the fine ones cruising in my day. Oh no, because I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to pick nothing up. See, cruising would when when well when if I was cruising, I'd be looking for something to for something, not you know just watching. I, mm. That was me, but you know, no no no, I'm I'm just looking, just looking, like window shopping, just browsing. So what kind of educator is Dr. Wendy Williams? No oh, relation to I am going to let Dr. Wendy Williams answer all of those questions that you might have. She's she's very fun and um she's really about um she loves black people, I'll tell you that. She loves her people. Black- Lots of love. There you go. She loves her people. And, you know, that's, that's, that's. Does she talk about self-care? Yeah, I think she does talk about self-care. That's not, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've not spoken to her specifically about that, I don't think. But I'm sure, you know, being that. She's um, she she appears to be a woman who takes time for herself and takes care of herself, good care of herself. Um, so I'm sure she probably would have something to say about that. Yeah, last week I got caught in the storm, recovered for, from the store, and had to account for all of the loss. You know, that aftermath is bananas. I get it, Misty. Boy, oh, boy. Because it's bad if you had the storm. Then you have to now 
I'm do sorry. lists and things or whatever yeah. you're claiming if you're doing insurance. But make sure you make sure you get on that FEMA website. Getting through to them is, is going to be a very, very hard task, but make sure you fill out whatever forms you can because uh, New York and New Jersey states have, did declare it a state of emergency. And anytime they do that, for those of you who don't know, that means FEMA is now engaged and there's going to be some damages and stuff and insurance companies are bracing themselves and all that other stuff. No, it's not just to say, and also there, and there can um, govern the amount of stuff on the road unless you're essential and all those other things. So, you know, exactly. Let's, let's do a black history moment right quick. a couple of things so you know this week over the last two days we've lost some amazing black men two black men in particular that um i'd be remiss not to mention and i just wanted to give a moment of silence and acknowledgement um, both of them have their place in black history. Um, I know that you were close to Michael and um, Archbishop Carl Bean and I stayed in each other's DM. The man believed in me and quite frankly, I don't think... I don't think I'd be doing this show today if it wasn't for him. I don't think, and not necessarily because he said Javon do a show, but so much that he um, put in the world influenced me to write the songs I wrote, the gospel songs, that led to this, that led to that, to, that led to the next thing, that led to the next thing. And so, and and also um, spirituality um, and him believing in me as an individual. So um, I just had to say that. And at some point, I probably, because you actually... Um, we're on one of the calls with him, right? Mm-hmm. So I think um, I'll probably make something and at some point and and do something. I I don't um remember. At least maybe my brain is a little scrambled right now, so forgive me. But I don't remember where we actually met. Um, but after the that particular show. We chatted back and forth quite a quite a bit. Um, uh, he extended an invitation to L- to LA, and you know I know he was sick back and forth. But you know um, when uh, and the trip that I was supposed to go and contact him, I ended up canceling and banking the ticket. So you know, but we stayed in contact, and um, you know uh, the last I, you know like I could say a good maybe four or five months, 
nothing. I haven't, you know, I haven't talked to him. Yeah. But um, yeah. Just, and, um, and that's about the time too that um I didn't hear from him as well. I think the last time I spoke to him was like in May. And then I reached out to him in June and didn't hear back, but I didn't, I, for whatever reason, I didn't follow up and yeah. 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 So it's just, it's just a lot. It's just been a lot. Um, also, um, this week. Actually, today is the anniversary of the death of Dorothy Dandridge. She died September 8th, 1965. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And today, something monumental happened. A statue of Confederate Commander Robert E. Lee was removed from its base in Virginia on Wednesday after a year-long battle over a monument that has been the focus of protests over racial injustice. Crews took down the 21-foot bronze statue of the pro-slavery general dressed in military attire and mounted on top of a horse from Monument Avenue in Richmond, the former Confederacy capital. The crowd was on hand Wednesday to mark the moment. It's been a long time coming. I'm I'm a uh, native of Richmond. I've been here all my life. I'm 60-some years old. And so I've been passing through and seeing this. But it finally come down, man. It's a moment of joy for me. Installed in 1890, the towering memorial sat on a 40-foot granite pedestal and was one of the largest Confederate statues still standing in the United States. Statues that honor leaders of the pro-slavery Confederate side of the American Civil War have become targets of protests against racism. So we're taking it down. Governor Ralph Northam, a Democrat, announced plans to remove the statue in June of 2020, 10 days after a white Minneapolis policeman killed George Floyd, who was black, sparking nationwide protests. The removal was challenged by nearby residents and a descendant of the family, but last week the Virginia Supreme Court unanimously ruled in two cases that Northam could take it down. The base will remain in place as the community reimagines Monument Avenue, and the statue will be kept in a secure state-owned storage site until a decision on its future is finalized. During the last six years, more than 300 symbols of the Confederacy and white supremacy have been taken down, while some 2,000 still stand, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center. So... Um, Richmond, Virginia is where my my family is from. And let me tell you, to be a little kid and to see a big statue like that and then to formed of who that person was, high and mighty, you know, it's crazy. Um, and to get pushed back from wanting to take it down for what he did and what he symbolizes. So, and, and the idea that somebody, you know, it's one thing to put it up there because that's a big sucker mm-hmm. to put it up. There says what? Now we also knew what Virginia was doing, you know, right. and 
union and carrying on, but you know, to protest, to protest this the statue coming down. Not only are you like calling yourself out, which you actually are and believe it. It's like it's, it's hurtful to others. Like if we could just be mindful of if we were in the situations where we want the either action or deed done to us. You know, uh, I ran into a, did I tell you I ran into a male Karen? I had my first can experience. No. What happened? Well, I started off like at the top of the show talking about, you know, uh, not telling where my triggers were, right? Um, so I'm not going to open that can of worms, but I will say that he jumped on one of them. Mm. And, um, you know, it was in a casino. Uh, I took my mother-in-law to a casino to spend time with her, you know, kind of hanging out. She wanted to do. What you want to do, Mom? I want to go to the casino. Okay. So, you know, it was a rare opportunity where Mo and I were both available at the same time with her. So we took her. So she said, but you can't because she had a couple of caveats. Want to hear them? But we can't go during the day. We got to go at night. We got to go at this time. So she said, so I'll call you guys later. I'm taking a nap. I'm going to take a nap. So she goes and does what she does, takes a nap. And we're like, okay. I understood why. And should have followed suit. But, you know, I digress. This um, this gentleman, I'm going to leave it at that to prevent from calling him any other names. But he, they have a casino etiquette that I don't know because I don't go there like that. I don't go there. If you're standing behind somebody, not directly behind, but, you know, if you're standing behind the area of somebody playing, when that person gets up, you, you're, you're next in line for that. that. It's like putting your quarters on a, on a, 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 you know, a video game back in the day. Right. Right. First, you know me, New Yorker, though, but, you know, why aren't they standing behind looking? You know, because unfortunately, and unfortunately for me and unfortunately for him, my machine was red hot and so was my mother-in-law. Red hot. They were just paying out, paying out. And I was sitting there like, hey, what does this mean? You won. You won. You know, it was just kept going back and forth. I said, did you win? Yeah. Like, we just kept hitting these two machines that were sitting next to each other. So she needed change. So she said, I'm going to leave my bag. You could either play my machine to keep it moving, or I'll leave my bag here and I'll be back. Just watch my stuff. I was like, you sure you don't want me to go? No, no, no. You know, because she's not new at this. She's true to this. So when she got up, he says, excuse me, are you leaving? She says, I'm going to get changed, sir. I'm not actually done with the machine, you know. Before she could actually even get it out, he starts to scream at her. that marinate for one second. Well, my head spun around like the girl from The Exorcist. My head spun without my body attached. Because first of all, I was like, whoa, 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 what's happening? Because he rattled a whole different cage, right? And then he still, that's not what you're supposed to do. That's against the rules. And blah, blah, blah. He starts screaming. So then I had to go into my bad language box 
and, you know, and he made some threats. So I was like, really? And that's when, you know, it was all. Mm. So I had just, you know, I told him what in good time what I would do to him as he scurried off to go get the management. I said, you go get him, but make sure you come back with him. You come back with him. Needless to say, the man never came back. And the people that were waiting on the wall, eh, fuck it. <laughs> they weren't interested anymore, right? Just let them. With their, those I cleared the wall. Cleared the wall. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, part about it, there's pros and cons to every situation. I could go back to spending time with my mother-in-law and we could be good. And we did do just that. The con of that would have been me acting a complete fool. And not being able to go back in there, okay, so that's not the biggest deal. But um, she also got a chance to see something that she's never seen um, from me. So I remember seeing her eyes. She was like, <laughs> oh, well, you know what? There, There's probably a bit of that, but there's also a bit of she ain't going to let nobody hurt me. You know, she ain't gonna let she ain't gonna let them do that to me. You no. know, because um, from what I understand, she's from Harlem. You ain't say no word that she that she ain't never heard now. So yeah, exactly. She said yeah, she, she said that as much. You ain't mm-hmm. say nothing. She ain't never heard, and she understood and felt the love. So there's that. Absolutely. And I think the universe got involved because it was, uh, you know, they kept him from coming back because if he had he come back, you know, and plus because your back is to him, yep. you know, yep. yep. you're on the machine. I would have had to, I would have had to um, commence to doing something that I probably would not have enjoyed the day after. Let's just say that, but wow. I'd have done it. <laughs> but I'd have done it. How did Gator say? But I'd, I would hate to resort to bop and crackheads, and, but I would do it. Because I'm a cook. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you asked me about Dr. Wendy Williams, right? Yes. So for those of you who don't know, she is a celebrated scholar, an author, an educator, committed her life's work to educate teachers, institutions, policymakers, advocates, and the general public on the intersection of education and psychology. Her work threads the intersection of psychology and education with black women's liberatory, liberatory, not liberatory. I think it's liberatory. It's like liberation, you know. Anyway, that's why she's so much smarter than me because she she knows words I don't know. Yep. Leadership practices by which to understand our everyday life and lived experiences utilizing a critical race feminist lens. Her work responds to the following question. What lessons can be gleaned from the life experiences of black women in life, love, and relationships to inform their liberation practices, particularly in education and leadership development? Look, man, she's smarter than me. That's all I got to say about that. She's freaking smart. She's cute. She's smart. She's simply beautiful. 
<laughs> and clearly has a sense of humor. <laughs> Absolutely. A wonderful a wonderful sense of humor, everybody. The beautiful Dr. Wendy Williams. Not that Wendy Williams y'all thought was coming through. Uh, <laughs> 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 Awesome. Dr. Williams, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Sure okay. can. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm well. I'm well, thank God. Yes, Wendy, Therese, Therese, Dr. Wendy Williams. Nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to see you again. Good to see you too. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? I know, right? <laughs> Who are you, Javon? Who are you? What is going on here? <laughs> so Therese was asking earlier, what type of doctor are you? What type of, not doctor, what, kind, what type of educator, I think, was the question. Yeah. So I'm a psychologist. Um, so typically it's a doctor of philosophy, but I was trained as a counseling psychologist. And um, so yeah. I, hmm? And I said even better. Oh, even better. Um, and I taught, so I've taught education, teaching people to become therapists and counselors and things like that. And right now, um, my work has me also preparing folks to become teachers and educational leaders like principals and things like that as well. Awesome. So mostly higher education, but looking at preparing people to teach and interact with folks across the the arc of human development from birth to death. Mm-hmm. Is that a, a concentration on people of color or just in general? Hmm. My particular scholarship and work and what I talk about focuses on black women and girls. Um, I'm always committed in thinking about the ways that black people's experiences can help us to stand what might be happening for other folks but also appreciating that we have to explore everybody's experiences specifically. So I'm thinking, for example, of um, when we were talking about, you know, uh, the racial reckoning, people called it that this past year, and that it was naive and immature, I think, of us to think that we could look at the experiences only through the prism of Black people's experiences of that. And I think mm-hmm. that when we saw that Asian hate come through and how you know, folks were targeted with different life histories with colonialism and experiences in the U.S. and across the globe and U.S. imperialism. That's just going to be a very different experience with race and racism. We might share some common uh, challenges, some common enemies around white supremacy, but we experience it differently because of how white supremacy perceives each of us. And that even affects, you know, is the difference with regards to how that happens with gender as well, right? We know that Black men and women are going to experience things in similar or different ways. We know that Black trans folks are going to experience things even similar in different ways. And that Black trans women experience things even specifically because of the ways that they're violating gender norms around masculinity that really mess with people. So, you know, there are ways in which you could think about 
everybody's experience, but I do believe, I was just talking to a student just when we got off the call, she's working on her dissertation, I was telling to her, you know, it's okay just to talk about Black women's experiences, because that's really the one that you know, and you don't have mm-hmm. to try to, nor is it respectful for you to even begin to think that you can speak for everybody else, because you really can't. So, mm-hmm. you know, stay in your lane, and you can give a nod to everybody else that you appreciate and respect their journey and their struggle, and that you're in solidarity while not trying to leave that particular fight, because you that's not your role. You know, right. just like we don't want uh-huh. people leading our fight, right? Like I need to be leading my fight. I don't need anybody else to come do that and maybe do it, uh, misinterpret my intentions or what I want. Right. Yeah. Right. Amen. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I um uh, want to ask you a question, but I'm going to preface it to say it seems to be a lot of not only thinking, well, what's your take on? I'm not going to even buy the question. What's your take on, yeah, what's your take on um, the whole Texas debacle right now with the abortion? Yeah. Which Texas debacle? <laughs> so which one? Yeah, they, well, yeah, there are many. Um, right. Because um, mm-hmm. right. they just took away voting rights, too, right? They just did that. They like are Texas is really busy doing a lot of things they shouldn't be doing. Um, I think it's just, you know, my honest opinion is that it is a law that is meant to control the birthing of white women's babies uh, because white men propertyed and, and maybe non property, non wealthy or non elite white men, they want to ensure there's a there's a there's a focus on and a fear about uh the racial configuration of this country and that uh white people are seeing themselves as becoming a minority and they are. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways that they can see to fight that fight is to increase the number of white people. And so, you know, you have an economic situation in which uh, women and, and, and folks of color now have had more access to opportunity and therefore are not financially dependent. And that means that we're not likely to bind and bond ourselves in relationships that are not serving us but provide for us financially because we can feed ourselves, we can work ourselves, we get our own education. And I think a lot of white women who might otherwise have maybe been in relationships with some of these men and still trapped in spite of those relationships can make other choices. Well, here's a way to ensure that they can't and they still have to fulfill um, this obligation that some of these folks feel they have to produce and re, you know, reproduce the white race. That's essentially it. Um, in, 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 in very solid, specific terms, you know, very broad, blunt. I think it affects and negatively impacts everybody else and everybody else's womb, you know, because what we know is that, uh, you know, white people are poor too. So it's not as if we're saying right. that a white woman who is there is going, you know, going to be able to just leave the state and have access. But we also know how white privilege works and how people can have access and opportunity even when they don't have money. And so there's still right. is wealth that you walk with with whiteness. And right. we also know that if you are black or brown, Asian, poor, and in the South, in Texas, the big state, if you live in the center of Texas, you have to drive, walk, run, fly, catch a kite a long ways to get to the border of another state that would grant you the right to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. 
having a baby is dependent on time. So you only have so much time before you can do that, before you would hurt yourself or the child. And they have created that law such that it's so sneaky. It's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get in trouble before you even know you're pregnant. And, exactly. then you have mm-hmm. and someone who does or doesn't know you has access and rights and a say on your womb before you even know. Um, and you know how petty and gossipy people can be. Um, the idea that they have put a target, a, you know, a bounty of $10,000 on people's heads um, if their neighbor is boyfriend, if they're this, if they're that, if they're, you know, whomever it is. Go right. someone that they had a boy. So this is just, I mean, why we are infantilizing women in this way. And I want to say mm-hmm. infantilizing people with wounds because trans men also can have babies too. And also mm-hmm. have a wound and have the capacity to do that as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not just about, you know, gender female, you know, woman, man, whatever, but it's more so just, if you have a womb, you should be able to make choices about that because it's a part of your body. And the other people just say, because I know I'm going on and on, she told you I was a professor, so I do talk a lot. But (laughs) the other other thing is just that, you know, you have, you know, so we know that that's going to break down and have negative impact on poor folks of all varieties. Mm -hmm. We know that Black and Indigenous women have real issues getting quality medical care period, specifically around, uh, you know, pregnancy and maternity and and, and that we see high instances of mortality of maternal mortality and um, infant mortality for black and indigenous women, because literally we're just not being taken care of um, when we go to get help. We know that they get that type of medical treatment from these types of um, clinics that also perform abortions, but they're clinics in hard to reach places that are providing important critical access to, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. reproductive health care. So you're shutting that down because who wants to go get a pap smear when someone might, you know, have all this drama, you know, happening at the, at the facility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like all these ways in which that law, even if it's not intended to hurt or harm other services besides abortion, hurt and harm communities and communities of color in particular and poor communities specifically. Um, mm-hmm. I could go on and on, but. Yeah. Actually something else that you said, um, some of the bordering states are already complaining that um, they're getting so many um, appointments and influxing, such an influctuation of people from Texas coming in for abortions mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. that the the citizens of their own state will not be able to be seen because so many people from Texas are making all these appointments. And this That's is in COVID, in the time of That's COVID, where we already know that like medical care mm-hmm. is really hard to get. We're already seeing the breakdown of that system in certain states right. because of the COVID cases. And now we've created a type of mob situation for healthcare outside in the borderline states with Texas because of taking away um, the, the service. So I, you know, anyway. This will lead back mm-hmm. to those doctors, you know, those dirty doctors, I can do it for you in my basement. You don't even have to, you don't even have to go to the clinic. Wire hangers. You know what I mean? No, it's really, well, I guess I think about too, all these folks who talk about right to life and family values don't value that life once it's here. There are two, you know, with the recovery plan and those monies that went out, um, you know, folks were getting checked. If you had, uh, if you made a certain amount of money or less, you were given some money once a month. If you had children, you were given some money once a month. Someone said that that was the best 
anti-child poverty policy that I had ever seen. We literally leave, we, we want all these kids to come, they're here. We don't mm-hmm. think about the mental health of their parents and their families. And I know Javon is a social worker, so you know exactly what happens when folks are not able to, you know, be of mind, right mind and spirit and heart with, with, the, new, with the new little one. Um, I don't know if y'all are parents, but, you know, I just visited with my sister and my four nieces and they are a mess and you have to have a lot of love and patience. Um, <laughs> you know, the oldest is 12, the youngest is six. I'd be like, oh, if we have to play another goldfish, I'm going to just blow all my hair. You know, but you have to have a lot of love and patience. And uh, if you don't have, if you don't have your wits about you, if, if you're feeling stressed, if you can't afford, there's a direct connection between mental health and not having the money. Um, and resources that you need to take care of your own mind, body, spirit, let alone another human being. So you want these babies, but they don't provide, and they want to force women to have these babies, but they don't provide those resources for those women then to, and and those those folks with wounds to support and provide for those kids. They don't do it within, uh, you know, provision of just, you know, benefits. We have a very poor, I'm an educator. I'm a dean of a school of education. We don't do it with providing uh, funding for research um, and for education, rather, in a very committed way, especially to uh, compromise and, 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 and lower functioning communities in terms of just having resources for books and school lunch and things like that. Right. You, know, you know, I'm in the Bay Area. There's so much homelessness in this area. There are good number of children who are dominantly black and brown who are homeless in this area who go to school. So when you think about who go to schools that are underfunded, right? And so you're saying you want all these babies to come, but into what, to where and to what, you know, when you bring a child into this world, you must be prepared for them or they will be abused by those certain Exactly. Exactly. My mind projects into, okay, so, you know, you're trying to, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to speak very frankly. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Hope, you know, so you're going to do this a, a ban on abortions. So what's the next step after that? Okay, because that doesn't mean you have to have one. That means that, you know, my response to that was, okay, well, then you guess who's not getting pregnant? So we're going to either have these relationships break up or you're going to force me to have a baby. You know, so what are you actually enticing with this entire situation or, or force an unplanned pregnancy? Because planning takes two people, but now you, you told the gentleman that I'm either married to or dating, you know, and if I'm dating, chances are I'm not having your baby. That's not happening. But what are you doing? You know, what, what, what are you doing? What are you essentially saying? And then oh, you're already seeing an influx of folks outside. Then you ban their travel. You tell them also if the people that can also be fined are the cab drivers and the, and the Lyft drivers that bring you outside of the state or bring you to facilities. That's some old level of control and petty control that, you know, it's, it's the it's, handmaid's tale. No. It's the handmaid's yeah. tale. The handmaid's tale. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. It is. And it's like, you know, it's funny because um, uh, my wife wanted me to see that. And it starts off very slow for me. I Like, you got to grab me. And and she kept saying, this is what, the, you know, like, and she'd wake me up because she did the binge watching thing. And she goes, this is what's going to happen. I'm telling you, this is coming. This is coming. And, you know, so now, Texas is the brilliant governor of Texas has an answer for you, Therese. What's coming next 
because people are complaining that, you know, young girls get raped and then you're, you're forcing them to give birth to their, you know, abuser's um, child and there's incest and you have to have your uncle's child. And, you know, so the great mm. governor said, we're going to get all the rapists off the street and everybody clapped. But that just translates into black and Latino men be going to more to jail. That's all that that's all that, that translates into more aggression and, and uh, targeting on our communities. Because that's who they think the rapists are. That's exactly who they think the rapists are. But far not the case. Yeah, it, but, you know that's who they think they are, and that's what they're going right. to. That's right. Exactly, mm-hmm. and 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 it's it's like this vicious circle. Like said, you know, you lock up the black men, thereby lowering the amount of black pregnancies mm. while you're forcing white white girls to have babies, yeah. thereby increasing their volume. It, it, exactly what I've been saying. Mm. It, it has nothing to do with protecting black fetuses or, or, or it has nothing to do with that and it has everything to do with um, trying to increase it, it's a power grab again it's just disgusting these people disgust me I'm sorry it's just me fair she said it <laughs> thank you Javon like oh man it's, it's just so much a lot to take in and you know and I just you know just hands off my body don't regulate my body you know, let me do that. You know, they never regulate their own bodies. And we know traditionally, like I said before on the show, women's studies, they just started really giving a hoot about clinical studies for women where it comes down to medicine and things like that. They don't have it with, they don't have it traditionally. They don't have it with this damn virus. We don't know what's going to our bodies, but yet it's always like, do as I say. And, you know, it's been a man's world, James Brown, for a long time. But I just want to say, look at the condition of it. And, at what point are we going to stop and make other decisions? I mm. don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I don't know. It, it's pretty sad, Doc. We've seen... Me, oh, oh, go ahead. No, no, please. I was going to say the, in New Zealand, no, though, that women's leadership has been so critical uh, to showing us a different example of sanity <laughs> and just, like, common sense, you know. Uh, COVID is coming, close the borders. COVID is, you know, COVID is rampant. Pay people, let them stay at home, make sure that they eat and they're comfortable so they can stay home and not spread the disease. You all are doing well. Come on outside. Still, nobody can come here. <laughs> you know, there's a, I live in the Bay Area. I'm not in San Francisco, but Mayor London Breeze is the mayor of San Francisco. We went to uh, college together. She shut it down. She told people as soon as she learned what was going on, you need to go. She went on and did a news conference and said you need to Figure out what you're going to do with your kids if you absolutely cannot stay home from work because they are not going to be able to go to school. I'm giving you a week to figure it out. It was a very specific type of leadership that is necessary where she had a sense of what are the life experiences that people have to plan for so that we can actually do this in a real way, not just say, well, I just shut it down, and then that's it, as if that actually answers anything or does anything. You can say that, but if you don't have a sense of what people's lives actually entail and if you don't care then you Hmm. Mm. because in india they shut things down right when the delta virus started spreading but people i don't know if you've ever been to india people work and live in the cities and then they're off in the villages you know they're coming off in the villages they get there by public transportation or you know community routes or sometimes walk it's miles hundreds of miles 
or not hundreds, I'm sorry, but it can be many, many miles, many mm -hmm. hours of time to try to, to do that. And they sent folks during a global pandemic with a very more, uh, more um, contagious variation of this virus walking home in groups together. Of course it spread like wildflower fire and killed many people because that government, the leadership very similar to the leadership we had previously just said, we're just going to shut it down. And like, like that answers anything as opposed to saying, we need to get home safely. We're putting buses in the cities. You're going to get on, you have to wear a mask when you're on the bus. We're going to have organized going into this area, this area, and this area. You might have to walk a bit more when you get, you know, just to organize it and yeah. have the structure there, but you'd have to care. You'd have to give a damn. Yeah. You have to have a sense of like, how do the decisions that I make affect other people? You have mm -hmm. to start there. That's if you have the input of other people around you, because That's part right. of the part of the government, you have people just like you making decisions for the entire country. That's and right. frankly, it, it, it'll never make sense to anybody's culture. This country want. is so vast and diverse. I mean, literally, y'all are sitting over there just swimming out of what just happened. And I don't know, Therese, are you in New York? Oh, yeah. So just coming out of what happened last week, we're sitting here. It's so diverse and different looking at the skies every day, just trying to make sure we can breathe, right? Because we wear masks for two reasons in California during this time of the year, for COVID and for fire air quality because of the air quality because of what fires and the smoke does to the air quality, right? So right. we're having two different experiences is my point, like vastly right. different experiences. And right. we, we need to respond to the vastness and the different in those experiences in meaningful ways in order to address the issues that we experience on the ground. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you, you're dealing with the recall. Ooh. <laughs> Traumas and triggers. Traumas and triggers. I mean, when I opened that ballot and I saw like almost 50 names, I thought, you've got to be kidding me. There, mm -hmm. there, were, there were too many names. I mean, it's all, I think, so here's my thing. I'm excited to be here because I know I can, like, talk real talk. I am um, so excited to have yeah, you. But I'm from, so excited. you know, this vantage point, I really, you know, it is a matter of stirring up a lot of confusion and stupidity. And because we've not done a good job of educating our young people from, from, from they're very young, so that as they age, uh, we, you know, the ability to really be a critical thinker and analytical thinker has been, you know, it's been undercut. And so right. we then are living with folks who are vulnerable to the circular thinking of conspiracy theories. And that is the vulnerability that we're really grappling with right now. There is an illiteracy around making sense of factual information that we have missed the mark with on a large scale. I'm sure there are good, we have a school here at, at my college, we have a children's school, zero to 10. We teach critical thinking skills, sure. So pockets, absolutely where that's happening. And at the same time, on a wide scale, there's no way that we can get to where we are with this much misinformation and manipulation without having educated people to think critically. That's just foundational fundamental. It should be mm -hmm. the starting point of what we do. Once a child can start to make comparisons at age three and four years old, you start putting them in situations where they have to really grapple with what's in front of them and make sense of the world with that. We don't mm -hmm. have that capacity right now, which is why people think that 5G is somehow connected to a coronavirus vaccine. Mm -hmm. And that circular thinking is just going zoo, and it goes, it, it goes all the way up crazy to nowhere because it literally isn't connected. But folks are mm -hmm. very, very vulnerable. 
-hmm. Our communities, our society is very vulnerable because we have not taught thinking. Mm -hmm. We have not taught people how to make sense of information and to verify. I know when I saw, I I closed my Facebook account because I got tired of the trash. Mm-hmm. But not everybody did because they didn't distinguish it as trash. Mm-hmm. And they shared I, I, it instead. Yeah, I, yeah. There's a there's a lot of trash out there, you know. And I just, you know, you know, it's interesting. And, and you said something that I want to piggyback from piggyback on rather um, information and critical thinking. And from my scope, just from my lens, I, I watched certain things you know, um, information. I try to go research them, but when you have something that has been researched and then five seconds later, there's another thing that that, that is completely opposite of what has been researched. And now they're saying this, like for this virus, honestly, I'm so sick of them people. I'm so sick of the people, the reporters. I'm sick of Fauci. I'm sick of Trump. I'm sick of all of them. Okay. I'm sick of Joe Biden. I'm sick of Kamala Harris. I'm sick of all of them. You are now becoming one of my family members. And so I have to intervene because, you know, we actually had a very heated conversation in my family just a few weeks ago when we did a Zoom call for my mother's birthday because some of that misinformation infiltrated our space. I'm not sick of them. I am a learner. And I think that that's what we need. That's what I feel like we have missed in our society and our country is like really helping people to be constantly in the posture of learning. What we know first and foremost about this virus is that it is novel, which means what? We have never seen it before, so we don't really know what it is. Right. But tell people the truth, right? Not know what I'm just saying. Had you said to us, and see, this is, this is where it gets twisted, and now, now I understand why you said what you said before, Javon. I got what did she say about me? <laughs> no, not about you. She said, she said, you know, I can't wait for Therese and, and Dr. Wendy Williams to oh, share cool. And I was like, okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> Nothing but love for you. Say, say that. Nothing but love for okay. you. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we try telling people the truth? Mm-hmm. Because from the truth, then you don't have to worry about when your lie creeps out later on and having to cover that one too. Was it a lie though? If you said to the people, listen, we got this thing going on that was started by somebody in a laboratory. We knew about it. We didn't do enough to cover you. We got to do this clinical trial and test this medication out. Can we have some volunteers, please? Mm-hmm. That's the truth. That wasn't said. Hell no, that wasn't said, Dr. Wood. No, that wasn't said. Well, that was, what they it said. was said. What we got. Hmm? It, it was said. It was said, and nobody volunteered. It was not said. Was not said. Was not said. Was not said publicly. People, they did not say. Go ahead. They so they had so so they did do the clinical trials, and they were saying that we're seeing that it's working. We're doing the clinical trials. There's a process for you know FDA approval, right? Like larger governmental approval, and that will take some time and with the science that we're doing in the lab right now we are seeing an effective rate of so and so percent different vaccines at different um, percentages Mm -hmm. but we're seeing that it is preventing um extreme health you know issues we're we're seeing that you know we're not going to see the the hospitalizations in the same way we're seeing that it's not going to spread um, beyond, you know, beyond when folks get vaccinated, there's less spread than if they were not vaccinated. They're carrying less virus load. 
That is what they said. But what is also true is, and what has always been true is that this is a novel coronavirus. This Correct. is a new thing. My uncle used to have a sign in the side of his car <laughs> that said, I'm the nigga your mama warned you about. <laughs> and that's a new thing. You do not know what to expect from that. And that's what coronavirus is for us. We literally don't know what it all can and will do. Thank you. And that's all of, you know, it's, and, that's what they, and they did say that. But here's, but, but that's, I'm sorry. I just don't feel through my lens and the lens of the folk that, you know, that are, you know, from all walks of life, um, including some medical practitioners mm-hmm. that said to me, bottom line, Therese, use your gut. Mm. Because I can't answer any questions for you because we just don't have them. They don't have them because they don't know. Yeah. So therefore, it, yeah. and those are the most, those are the most challenging, they appear to be, one of the most challenging statements that you could ever make. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't take anything away from you to say, I don't know. But then at the end of the day, if you don't know, then how do you, because you're testing in the beginning, you said in the beginning that they said it was going to do X, Y, and Z. Well, and that's already failed. That's well, already It has done it. It has mm-hmm. done it. The, the, the vaccines have done those things. It has for people right now, the, the pandemic that we're seeing of, amongst unvaccinated people because the disease, uh, the Delta variant is, is, is very severe, moves very quickly and has a higher viral load. Folks who are not vaccinated are being hospitalized um, at increased rates. And we're also seeing that the protections that we thought young like children had um, with the first round of Delta, I mean, our first round of COVID, that they don't have that same level of protection. And in fact, they're getting sick and dying. But people who have been vaccinated, they may get sick, but many of them don't have to be hospitalized. They have the same types of symptoms that they had when they were, you know, when you get vaccinated, you experience some of the symptoms because your body is learning the disease, basically. And so your body's response is the sickness that you feel is your body's response to fighting the disease. And so they get sick because their body is saying, hey, I saw you before. You were in a vaccine. I know how to beat you up. And so then it gets, you know, it fights the disease. So they get a cold or, you know, they get the chills, the headaches, the things like that. But their body is able to clear the virus. What they're learning is that, what they're learning is that that immunity, that you need to spread the immunity over time, that you have the initial shot and that perhaps, for example, you should have got the second shot six months later instead of just a few weeks later or things like that. And those are the parts of this thing being new where they're trying to figure out uh, the formula for it. Those, that's being new. I don't believe them. I know I just, you don't. They don't account for things that, you know, when I think about what's going on in Israel right now, they have one of the highest vaccinations of any country. Yeah. And they also have a very, very high number of people in hospitals right now. And everything that you just said, Israel challenges the entire thing. Yeah. There's no answer for it. So that's why I'm saying if you say and you're clear that you don't know, people can be a lot more discerning. You know, I'm not pro or against back. I think that I'm, I'm pro-choice. You know, um, but what I can say is when people in my family, I've got doctors in my family, medical doctors, that, you know, that we go back and forth and my ending uh, response to them is, y'all got to do a better job. You have to do a better job communicating to the public of what is and what isn't and stop lying. Because the moment something comes out different, 
And I say stop lying because some of y'all know and you're afraid to challenge. And we've gotten to a point in this country where asking a question becomes the Antichrist. I really, I see a few things that I want to name, which is that I think that when they said it's a novel coronavirus, they should have put instead of that to communicate to a wider audience and be more accessible. They should have put the sign that my uncle had in the car. Because I think that people <laughs> understand. No, I'm serious. Yeah. Because I do think that there's a way that academics and folks in academic medicine talk that is more mm-hmm. for that population, that, for that group. I'm not saying dumbing things down. I'm just saying be right. very clear and specific and say, we don't know how this works. It's new to us. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to figure it out. We're doing the best that we can. This is mm-hmm. the best that we know at this time that we know how to do because it worked well when we were working on these other diseases. And so this is the technology that we have that can work. We're not sure exactly how it's going to perform, but we think it's going to do X and Y. Mm-hmm. We'll mm-hmm. And we have mm-hmm. clinical trials happening. And mm-hmm. also we're going to be learning a lot from everybody else in the wider population who takes the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Because that's the truth. And that's, and that's, that's what happens. That is, that is what that's that is. But I think that what I hear, I just want to say, because, Therese, what I hear happening in my family is that folks are getting tired of having to, you know, we want closure. And this mm-hmm. is where the psychologist in me comes out and understands that this is, you know, what's happening for folks, they, what they call this is um, uh, pandemic fatigue. But essentially, mm-hmm. people are tired of this shit. That's yes. what's true, right? So that that's pandemic fatigue. If you do the translation, I'm tired of this shit, right? Because I want to be done with this. I want to go outside. I want to not have to wear masks and be hot and sweating in the middle of the summer. I want to stop having to be afraid and not knowing what my body is doing or what somebody else's body is doing. There's a whole new level of suspicion and fear that I now mm-hmm. have because of this mm-hmm. virus. And I'm having a hard time living in the world with this new fear. And I'm tired of it. And mm-hmm. what the truth is, is so what? Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. life right now, and this is life moving forward. This is it. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is it. There is no going back without math. You understand? There is no going mm-hmm. back without having constant and continual conversations about when you have to get a vaccine booster. That's the truth. Now, it's I don't going know from an endemic to an endemic. That is, that is what I've said. I believe that from the very beginning. I could predict that because to me, that was common sense. I said, this is going to be an endemic. But, you know, and, and for all it's worth, it's just messy because of how our setup was. I think our no, setup was... Set it up. Up. Well, no, I don't mean specifically with the virus. I mean the setup for things like... like when I see pharmaceutical companies... Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, at the risk of whatever, when I saw the two pharmaceutical companies pop up that I knew was going to be bidding for this, and it was a race to get this thing going on, only thing I did is threw money at the stock. That's it. Because I said, first of all, Pfizer and Moderma? Really? Well, one of them still trying to pay people off from baby powder. How are we doing this? Real talk. And, and are they the leaders of the new school? Well, you know, because again, this country to me is run by five five factors: insurance yeah. companies, pharmaceutical companies, the one percent, you know, and you had two others of your choice. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, to me, it's like, okay, you, you want to sit back and wait, and like anything else, the first thing coming out, car, bike, doesn't matter what it is, you never buy the first model of anything. Johnson and Johnson, I don't know what their story was. I don't even know why they competed in that that thing. But it's just. I think, yeah, I feel like that is really true. So there's also, and I think that that's the part where 
we also want to respect the hesitancy that people have, particularly when it comes through a racial and gendered and cultural frame and understanding yeah. the ways in which our bodies have been misused and utilized, even experimented on. Because there is a way in which um, <laughs> the, the pains expressed here. <laughs> okay. We gotta do that. We don't want to put my uncle's. Um, <laughs> but I, I like that expression. He's a mess. But anyway, I like that. <laughs> there is a way in which there is a way in which the you know we have to navigate with the truth of that too. And I feel like that's the other thing that people are tired of. I feel like folks are tired of having to hold and hold themselves accountable and responsible to many and multiple obligations and competing obligations and factors for their time, resources, and attention. We're exhausted. And we are, it, 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 we're exhausted and it just doesn't matter that we are exhausted. We're exhausted right. and so what? You're just, so what? You're exhausted. You have to right. still go. And so that's where we are. Um, right. We don't want to have to think about what happened with, you know, the, the Tuskegee experiment, the experiments on indigenous and black women's bodies that are the foundation of Planned Parenthood. We just started talking about abortions. And here we are with this other piece, which is that the hesitancy around vaccinations is very much related to the experimentation on our bodies, women's bodies in particular. Um, so not only the rape and extraction of babies for labor, but also extraction of our body mm -hmm. integrity and our, our cells, even the HELAC cells, right, um, that are still feeding into the medical industrial complexes. So it's complicated. And at the mm -hmm. same time, if you can see that while all that is true, they set up a clinic to pass out a vaccine in the midst of a pandemic of a deadly virus. And at least I'm in California. What I can tell you is that folks left from their they're, they're, they're wealthy and, and predominantly white neighborhoods and went down to the clinic in South Central to go get that vaccination for the additional uh, uh -huh, doses that they made available for um, black folks because of being under-resourced and, and, and all the rest and took them. Hmm. Hmm. I would say that in this country, you should definitely follow whatever that white man would do for himself. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that breakdown, and, and I and I um and it's uh it's partial of the lens that I look at things through. But to tell people that you should not have them, I mean, the shame game never worked on anybody. Well, I don't think you know, the shame game is helpful. It's not helpful. It's not helpful. And cutting off people's vital resources mm -hmm. is not helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, because you know, like again, and I haven't seen anything yet that when man wants to get through it or over it, they can't. I have not seen it yet in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always going to be a way that, you know, folks get around things. Mm -hmm. But it's just it's just very sad. And, and, um, and everybody, I don't think, that just challenges the status quo is not a conspiracy theorist. They're actually forcing you to think about some things surrounding all of this, like pro-choice. And how come they have not made readily available the people that the statistics on people that have survived it, had COVID more than once and survived? Why aren't they making better access to food, healthy, fresh food? They're not talking about those things. They're talking about what you got to do to have the comeback. Because you know the game is, you know what the game is, Doc. I don't have to tell you. The money is in the comeback, a lot of it, with these pharmaceutical companies. Mm -hmm. And like, why don't you give us access to for for 40 acres and let us do farming? You know, why don't you stop hybriding our poor? Like those are real fundamental things that you just, that's Whole Foods so damn expensive and the, and the 
the access to the crap we eat cheap. We gotta address a few things in that. I, I, you know, I hear you, and I I believe in both and solutions as opposed to one or the other. And I think that where the conspiracy theories get complicated is that we put our ideas um, in opposition as opposed to finding what's good in both and working with that. Right. What's right. good in both and working with that within the context in which we live. Right. And that context is a context that deals with racism. It deals with health disparities. It deals with sexism. It deals with classism. It deals with historic traumas. It, it deals with, you know, uh, healing, you know, generational wounds. It deals with so many things. And right. I think that folks are tired and are literally just cognitively the brain can't take anymore. And I'm really grateful that people were able at least to go out and do a little, a few things this summer and get a little bit of a respite because the brain really needed to rest and reset. And for some people, they were able to do that. And I think they are able to come back and look at things with fresh eyes or fresher eyes. Um, and that is helpful. Speaking um, of which, I need to ask you, what are you currently working on? I know you're working on something. <laughs> That's out of nowhere. It's completely <laughs> random, and yes. Um, I'm working on a few things. I've actually decided to do a podcast on women's leadership. Aha, uh-huh. women's yeah. leadership. Yeah, black women's leadership, in fact. So that's a whole new ball game. So I feel like I have a lot of things, yeah, to learn. Um, y'all should probably, that's my question. I have questions for you now. And then two, I'm working on finishing a book that's about the same, about uh, Black women's experiences at work. Awesome. Well, I could, one thing I hope it incorporates, which I'm pretty sure it will. But the mechanics of a podcast are quite interesting. Like literally these big old microphones. Uh, editing. Well, this is a live show, so this is yes, different. This is you live. don't have to do the editing. There's that. Well, there's there's no, editing no. later because I okay. if you, which I hope you oh, do. You can believe out my language. No, my but mother. I won't. I won't. Please no, do. I like it. <laughs> we don't know. No. I like that. So, um, if you look at the if you look at our our YouTube page, okay, then you'll see some of the edited videos um mm-hmm. and but mostly i like things to be just the do way you edit are. it yourself yeah i do all the editing she's good I'm and our rapid which we will absolutely love having you in one of those yes and that is coming up quickly <laughs> but before we go to rapid fire um which actually you i've you, already participated in an in-person rapid fire therese <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I I did train her a little bit, you know. I I gave her a little rapid fire, um, which was interesting, um, <laughs> fun. But before we do that, you said you you're working on a book. Yeah, so it's called Black Women at Work, um, and it in you know some of what we've been talking about intersects in some ways because the history of uh, Black people, Black women, especially in this country, shapes the ways in which we experience work today. Um, it all th- is through that lens of um, the early enslavement of our ancestors and the devaluing of their personhood. And so the, mm-hmm. some of the challenges and the aggressions that folks experience in the workplace bullying that people experience and, you know, not being able to get the salary that you deserve or having four and five jobs under one job title with one salary, all of that mm-hmm. stuff is, mm-hmm. you know, those are derivatives of, of that early context. And so drawing those links, between those two for, for folks in terms of a particular phenomena that happened um, 
in the work environment using popular experiences or popular examples. So Beyonce and Michelle Obama figure prominently in this text because they're examples that we've all seen um, of how they were treated while they were working or as they're working and how people treat their accomplishments or not. Um, and then there's some, uh, some narrative examples and then some solutions around how to, how to refuse that, how to engage a politics of refusal around that. Mm -hmm. wow. <laughs> that's, that's, that's dope. And you have a, a wonderful voice for podcasting. You think so? Yes, I do. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I would love to say something on that very subject, but I signed some NDAs that I want to <laughs> be respectful about. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm just gonna stay legal. <laughs> stay legal. On the subject of work, though. On the subject of uh, black women in leadership and mm. yes. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. But would love to. Um, but you're onto something hot that needs to be discussed, and mm. um, and I wish you much much success with oh, that. Thank in, you. In, would love to promote that, um, read it the whole bit because it's it's real in the field mm. for sure. Y'all have to have me come back. Yes, yes, oh, because yeah, we and soon. Um we'll we'll book it, we'll book it because um there's just so much more to uncover. Um, <laughs> so much more to discover. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what's your ETA for the what's the ETA for your book, you think? Um, we're looking at May 2020, 2022, I should say. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so nice. It is. Man, I have a lot of work wow. to do to make that happen, but I'm going to stick with it and get it done. Groovy. Awesome. Groovy. And awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing what you do. I, I can't read those big words in your books, but, you know, <laughs> um, I will gladly talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank All right. You. So let's let's uh do a, a round of rapid fire. Okay. Resi, explain the game. Okay. Well, rapid fire, Dr. Wendy, is our word association game that we play here on the show. It's similar to ones I'm sure you've experienced somewhere in, you know, childhood or maybe adulthood. But we say a word and you say what immediately comes after. What immediately comes through your head, what no thought process, no don't um what immediately comes up, it could be a sentence because people have asked us that too. So what immediately comes to mind, I'll start first and Javon will go. And it's just to give people a peek behind the veil. That's all. So I go after Javon. No. No. You'll just respond. You'll respond to Therese. She'll give you a word. You give her the next word. She'll give you another word and you give her a word. And it'll. it's just, it's just you and Therese. Okay. And then. And then. It's then me. I'll give you a word and you give me. Okay. Word. I just, I'm the only one who we're going underneath only my veil. There you go. Yeah. Right. That's when we played before, we went under a couple of veils, but you know. <laughs> only yours. Okay. 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 People already know who that we are clowns. They already know. But your veil, okay. they already know. Let's do it. All right. So, and some of this is going to be some subject matter. Um, you've done some, some triggering, which is good triggering, you know, just. Okay. So I'll start with the first word. Um, well, the first thing is, um, what comes to mind when I say nonprofit industrial complex? <laughs> well, uh, 
Big brother, big sister. Black community. Love. Socialism. Food. Education. Life. Indoctrination. Religion. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Capitalism. Money. Community. Love. And my last word will be black women. Love. I love black women. (laughs) We are wonderful. (laughs) Love is probably my biggest word, but that's not bad, I don't think. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Devon, you're up next. Ooh, my turn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You want to take a sip? No, you good? Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. LGBTQ. Friend. Family. Ooh, I don't oh, Family, I don't know. Nothing came. Stepmother. I don't have one. Okay. <laughs> even know why that na- that word came out but <laughs> okay <laughs> laughter friends harmony doors ocean perfume rose candle white bedroom dark shaka khan I feel for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think I love you. <laughs> Wendy, you have been an absolute pleasure. Oh, yeah. What a joy. That was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, so we have another thing. Um, we also have a 24-hour radio station, WJBR Internet Radio. Mm-hmm. And for that show, we would like a drop. So what you, yeah, so what you're going to say is, hi, this is Dr. Wendy Williams, and you're listening to WJBR Internet Radio. Let me write that down. <laughs> WJBR? Mm-hmm. Internet Radio. All right. Are you ready for me now? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. Hi, this is Dr. Wendy Williams, and you're listening to WJBR Internet Radio. Thank you. Thank well, you. Okay, and now we want one for this show, which is visual. People will okay. see it. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> get, it, get it, girl. <laughs> okay, and you're going to say the same thing, but you're going to say, Hi, this is Dr. Wendy Williams, and you're in the basement with Javon and Therese. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Hi, this is Dr. Wendy Williams, and you are in the basement with Javon and Therese. Perfect. That's perfect. That's One take. Perfect. One take. All right. So please let everybody know how they can find you. We know we can't find you on Facebook. You can't. <laughs> Don't give out your personal digits because people uh, will call. No. I am at Dr. Wendy Williams, no period, no spaces, on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Okie dokie. And that's a Wendy with an I. The- at D R W E N D I W I L L I A M S. Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you again for coming through, Wendy. You were thank lovely. You. Thank as, you for yeah. having me. As always. I enjoy. Oh, it's good to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Okay. And please, please, please don't be a stranger. Definitely when you get that book out or if you just want to come through and say hi, something's on your mind or you want to make a public statement, holla oh, at you, girl. You don't want to yeah. keep giving me these opportunities. I might make a mess. Sure I do. Sure I do. <laughs> I, love a great, I love a great informed conversation, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we just have to learn how to talk to one another and respect everybody's point of view, you know, and we'll get through it people tend to take on a whole lot of feelings for people feeling differently than they do. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you. All right. Well, I'll I'll definitely let you know. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that I I got to witness the two of you chatting. That, that made me happy. You know, even us, even us slow people like to watch the smart ones just go on and on. So groovy. (laughs) Telling people such a false thing. <laughs> oh, we gotta go. Here she comes. <laughs> Here comes the man. <laughs> Here comes man. Here comes man. Everybody have a great rest of your week. God bless. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Bye. Bye. And you're listening to Javon and Therese in the basement. So what I need you to do is. I hope you're showing them love. Oh. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. That wasn't like the first one I did. I did something like, hi, this is Robin S. And you're listening to Javon and Therese in the basement. Show them love. This is Terrell Carter, and you are listening to Grunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. Hey, this is Avery Sunshine, and I am in the basement with Javon and Therese. Shine. <laughs> What's up? It's your girl, Monifa, and you're tuned in to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. <laughs> hey, it's your girl, Allison Williams, and you're in the basement with Javon and Therese. <laughs> Hey, this is Lenny Williams, and you're listening to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese playing my kind of music. Still in the basement, no longer alone, with my homegirl Therese on the microphone. Music politics are just chatting it up. Brunch in the basement, see, that's what's up. You never know who might run through. Legendary artist or someone brand new. You miss a lot when you miss one day. At least that's what I heard. 
somebody say, but it doesn't really matter what whoever says. It's always a good show with your bonnet to rest. Yeah. Bunch in the basement with your bonnet to rest. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, everybody's a friend in my head. I already know everybody. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll tell you about me and Shaka Khan, but, you know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But she doesn't know anything about it. But anyway. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She just she wasn't even there, actually. But anyway. But she did um, mention none other than Shaka Khan as one of her Why you got to say, wait a minute. I didn't want to say Shaka. <laughs> he did mention no other than Shaka Khan. I'm like, where does your voice go? <laughs> what happened? What's happening? Even the mere mention of her name. <laughs> Silence. Oh, gosh. Would you believe I'm blushing? Just... Yes. Hard. <laughs> You're speechless blushing. That's the thing. Speechless blushing. Rezzy, I can't help it. It's a shocker. This is a shocker rehab, you know. Cure for this. I don't want it. I don't want it. Uh, senses, though, Jay. I'm going to send y'all some perfume. I'll, I'll definitely I'll get an address. I'll send y'all out tomorrow. You can send me some cologne. Because, I mean, oh, you know. Yeah. I, I just in that. case I should meet Shaka Khan, I wanted to smell really, you know, oh, nice. Oh, God. Okie dokie, babe, whatever you say. I just wanted to wish everybody um, a happy Shaka Khanika. Uh, All right. Thank you. Let, let's carry on. I'm sorry. Javon. Yeah, there's a pill you're going to be able to take for that. I promise I to tell them which way you went, but they're coming for you. Time, so and we thank you for that. Thank you. Well, thank you. This part, that little piece, I'm just gonna keep and play it all the time for myself. <laughs> but no, just do this. And I think it's it's time to res to do a little rapid fire with um Mr. Pryor Jr. I think so. I think so. So don't worry, we won't hurt you. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.